You're listening to The Social Dentist with Dr. Desiree Yazdan, marketing, branding, and building an online community to help you grow your business as a healthcare professional. Featured on the Emmy Award-winning daytime talk show, The Doctors, and America's business magazine, Forbes, Dr. Yazdan gives you insight on how she's cracked the code to social media and how to use it as a way to make your business more profitable. And now, Dr. Yazdan. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 99. Today, I want to talk to you about your thoughts and your beliefs. This is a really important episode. I've done an episode before and where I talk about how your thoughts and what you truly believe end up creating your results. And it's something I work with in depth with my coaching clients. So I want to share some of the thoughts about beliefs with you. This episode, like I mentioned, is really important. Whether you want to secretly sell your practice or if you feel really stressed or overwhelmed if there's a goal you're wanting to achieve but don't know how, this episode is really going to help you. Even if it's not a business-related problem that you have or a goal you're trying to achieve, this will even help you in your personal life. So listen up because I'm also going to tie this into why you need to pay attention to how you're feeling. Even if you're one of my clients that I privately coach, I want you to still listen to this episode, even if you feel like we've worked on this a lot, because it's going to be so helpful for you. I get a lot of questions on social media and responses to the emails I send out every week about people. And even when I'm like in Facebook groups or even from my own coaching clients where they're like, okay, so like, how do you have a happy life? How do you not get overwhelmed by your business? How do you manage patients? complaints or whatever it is. And how do you live your life like that? Like I'm so burned out. And so this is why this episode is so important because I'm going to address some of those things. So here it is. My thoughts about beliefs. Creating a result requires believing a thought and thoughts and beliefs can be used interchangeably, but beliefs we differentiate as thoughts that we keep on thinking. Okay. So a belief is just a thought that you keep on thinking, but we have to believe the thought in order to use it to create the results we want, or in order for it to have the power to create what we want. We know we believe a thought because we will feel the emotion the belief creates. We can plug into that emotion with that belief. The emotion is the fuel. It's the fuel that drives the action that we take to ultimately create our results. When we can't plug into the emotion, we can't generate the action that is needed to create what we actually want. So I often hear people say, I get it. I hear you. They understand the thought, but they don't feel the feeling. When you don't feel the feeling, it's like trying to start a fire without the spark. You can build the most beautiful, perfect teepee out of logs and have all the kindling or whatever it is that you need. But if you don't have the spark to ignite it, it won't be able to cook the food that you want or boil the water or warm yourselves or whatever it is that you're doing, whatever the heat is required for, you won't be able to get that. So the emotion is the fuel for the fire. It's super important. So What is standing in the way of us being able to believe and plug into the emotion and use the emotional fuel to create what we want is what we want to figure out, right? One of the things I do as I'm looking to achieve something or do something new or go after a goal or whatever it is, I like to look at someone else who has done it or achieved it and accomplished it and ask myself, what's different about them compared to me? What's different about what they are thinking? I I always want to stress that it never has to do with the resources. It's not, you could have all the resources in the world, but you, you may not get the result that you want. It's not about the resources. When I'm comparing myself to somebody else, I'm always 
comparing my thoughts to theirs. Like, what are they thinking? Why were they able to do this? What characteristics do they have? What qualities do they have? And what it comes down to is what they believe about themselves or the world or what's possible that I don't believe in yet. That's the difference is what they believe versus what I believe. And I always think, what am I currently believing that is standing in my way? What's a really fun thing to do is whenever I'm working towards something, I like to ask myself, like, I'm only one thought away from creating what I really want because that's really the truth. Sometimes I think it's wrong or right or black and white thinking standing in our way. We we have our beliefs about right or wrong that often show up in the form of we should or shouldn't, like I should be happy or I should be earning more money or I shouldn't waste time. And this implies that earning what you're currently earning is wrong. Being anything other than happy is wrong. Doing whatever you are currently doing with your time is wrong. And just notice how you feel when you think that you're doing it wrong. And we mistakenly think right and wrong and should are necessary to get us motivated and moving toward our goal. But the truth is, when you look at these beliefs, these thoughts and how they make you feel, they're much more likely to have you moving away or staying stuck rather than moving forward because they feel terrible and they reinforce weaknesses. And that is a recipe for staying stuck where we actually are. Sometimes it's background beliefs that we have adopted unknowingly from society or our parents or our past. And it's kind of like this script running in the background that's driving how we show up. And I find most of these are just blanket statements that start something like I am or it is with a period at the end of the sentence. So things we have heard or picked up along the way that we're choosing to believe are true without ever questioning them. So for example, I'm just not a morning person or I am... I'm an evening person, right? Like those are just things that you think that are true, that you've accepted, that you're just not a morning person or I am a morning person or, I, or whatever it is, right? Like you could look at those and those are just like blanket statements that you just believe are true about yourself. We choose to believe these things are true for most of us to create a framework of our world and make sense of it. We want to know the rules so that we can remain acceptable to our tribe, right? There's this idea that we as humans are designed to want to belong. And back in the day when people went out in tribes, it was dangerous to separate from the tribe. So naturally we want to belong. We want to know how to govern ourselves. So we piece together a guide based on collecting this information outside of us and then take it in and choose to believe it. Then that is what creates the fuel that drives what we do. All of this that we choose to believe dictates our actions. What we choose to believe is what creates who we are and how we show up. So the key here is that we choose. Ultimately, no matter what the rules are or what is offered to us or how unconsciously we adopted this, we choose to believe what we want. We are the deciders as what is right and what is wrong to us. And then we act based on what we decide. The thing is, most of us don't know this to be true. We don't realize that we have a choice. So what do we do? How do we deal with these obstacles to us believing what we want once we find them? In order to truly become someone different, there's a great amount of unbelieving that we need to do first. <laughs> so the tricky thing about these obstacle beliefs is that oftentimes they pretend to be facts. They seem like they're just true. There's so many things embedded 
into the fabric of our brains that we don't even recognize them as optional. So many sneaky thoughts in there posing as facts that we are just believing and we really need to unbelieve them in order to move forward. So I've noticed a lot of sentences in my brain that are just stated as as facts. And a lot of them, again, start with like, I'm not, or I don't. And as a result, I just gloss right over them. I just accept them as truths and I just move on, but they aren't facts. They may be skills I don't have yet or things I don't know yet that I need to learn, but those are all within my control. So when my brain offers, I'm not, It's like a period again at the end of a sentence. It's like a dead end thought. That's what it is, a dead end thought. For example, when my coaching clients tell me things like, I don't have any big cases scheduled, or when they say, I don't know how to get my office manager to listen to me, or whatever the problem is, it seems like a fact. It seems like it's true. Like you've exhausted all your options and now it's just a fact that your office manager just doesn't listen or whatever it is. All we need to address these facts is to be willing to question everything and let go of some or all of it. That's all. Just question all of it. So asking yourself when you notice something is standing in your way, what if something else was true? What if I'm mistaking here? Asking what if is in essence changing all of those periods at the end of the sentences to question marks. So for example, I can't lose weight. What if something else is true? Or I can't ever work three days a week because I won't have enough income. What if something else was true? That's literally what I did for myself when I started working two half days and one fuller day. My thought was, what if it's possible? And from that possibility, I created my result. So I used to think that unless I'm working, you know, the full four days a week or three and a half days a week or whatever it was, I wouldn't be able to step away from that ever. But when I turn those periods into question marks and I opened up possibility, that's when I was able to create it. So like if your office manager doesn't listen to you or your employees don't listen to you or your assistant isn't listening to you or whatever it is, you can say, well, what if something else is true? Like if you're like, this person just doesn't listen and so I have to do it myself or whatever your solution is for the problem. What if something else was true, right? Open up to the possibility. And what's interesting is when I cut my work hours to, again, two half days and a fuller day, it's not even a full day, it's a fuller day, I was so focused on believing something else was possible when it came to my income that I actually grew my business by 20% during a pandemic when my office was closed for three months left in 2020. The reason I'm sharing this with you guys is because I've created some incredible results in my own life using these concepts, and I want you to learn to do the same. So here's another one. I should be earning more money. You think you went to school for so long and sacrificed so much or that you have your business and you should just be earning more money. Or if you want to earn more money, you have to work so much harder. But what if you're mistaken here? Or I don't know how. (laughs) I never let my clients indulge in this because we always know how. But if you find yourself saying, I don't know how, ask yourself, what if something else was true? You can feel how that opens up the door to possibility, right? To the idea that there may be more than one definition of right, that there are options of what you can believe. This isn't just chanting mantras that we don't believe. We aren't even trying to believe something else necessarily yet. Simply just cracking open the ball of right and wrong to explore the possibility that maybe something else is true. 
You don't have to give up your belief. You can still choose to believe whatever it is that you want, but having entertained other options allows you to hold on to your beliefs because you love them and because you want to hold on to them, not out of fear of being out of control or being wrong or whatever. I also like to ask myself, what if the opposite is true? Like what if something else is true? And sometimes I go all the way to the opposite. So having to stretch your brain of having to come up with ideas about how the opposite of what you are believing is true creates space for some compassion and understanding. So if you're struggling to find all the right team members and you have this belief that building a good team is like finding a needle in a haystack and that it's really hard, what if something else was true? What if the complete opposite was true. What if it was easy to find the right team members and there was an abundance of them? There was an abundance of people out there that are right for your business. How would you show up differently? This is also super helpful when we're thinking about other people with different or opposite opinions from us. Being able to ask how is what they believe the opposite of what I believe true or right in their mind kind of stretches you to see someone else's point of view. This is a great way to think when you have a team that you're managing and you're going to be able to see other people's point of view. I'll tell you what, when my staff tells me things and I'm open-minded about it and I leave room for possibility for what they're saying is valuable and true, the results of that is always incredible. Even if originally my mind was totally close to that idea, when they come to me with something and I'm like, okay, instead of saying, no, 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 that just would never work. When I'm open to the possibility of like, how could what they're saying be totally true and totally work? It's like mind blown. This can also apply to you and your future self. So when you create ideas and different beliefs about you and what you're capable of, you can think about your future self and think about what is she believing? What is she believing that is opposite of what you are believing at this moment? Look at what's challenging you right now as you work towards your goals. Why does it feel hard? What belief is in there that is posing as a fact that you want to unbelieve? <laughs> You may want, I'm laughing because is unbelieve actually in a word. I'm going to make sure I'm using it as a word and I'm probably going to continue to use it as a word, but let's just go with it. You want to push it a little bit, right? So look at your future you. What's different about you versus her in this moment? So if you're like looking at your future self and you're, you're answering the questions that you're having now from your future what is she believing that you aren't? Or if you're looking for a result that you don't currently have that you want, ask your future self and say, what is she believing that you aren't? What's standing in the way of you believing it too? Once you see some of these facts and you start to question them and you start to see them for what they are, they're just sentences in your brain. They're optional thoughts, maybe not as true as you once believed. Then you just have to ask one more question. And that is, am I willing to let this go? And you may think the answer is obvious, like, duh, yes, of course I want to let this go. But sometimes it feels a little bit scary to let go of these beliefs because it means going all in on trying and possibly stumbling a bit and doing something new, being seen and heard in a different way by ourselves, which feels really scary sometimes. It also means moving forward in an unknown direction. And sometimes these beliefs that hold us back feel like they keep us really safe in the safety of the familiar discomfort. So am I willing to let go is actually a legitimate question that is useful to listen to the answer to. If you notice the whisper of no, or I don't know, have compassion as you inquire, why not? What would it take to be willing to let this go? And also 
Letting go requires gentle reminders as we learn how, because your brain will keep offering that this practice belief to you. My brain is definitely going to keep offering me the I'm not sentences again, but now when it does, as I'm learning how to let it go, I gently just remind myself I'm learning how to let that go. I often say, thanks brain, but I'm letting that go or thanks brain, but I'm choosing to think something else or thanks brain, but I'm not done with that thought or thanks brain, but I'm done with that thought. Changing your beliefs requires a lot of patience because your brain has created these neural pathways. Literally, these the, the beliefs you have are hardwired into your brain, like actual connections in your brain. And the more we have practiced these beliefs in our life, the stronger the connections have gotten. So when we're retiring and unlearning something new, it takes time, right? It's kind of like if you want to have better posture, you have to constantly remind yourself to do it, right? Because your body, your brain has built these connections that when you sit, you just sit hunched over, right? But if you want to change that, you have to unlearn. Your body has to unlearn how to sit in that hunched position. You have to have a new learning experience and it takes energy for our brain to do that. It's a process we have to go through to make a new neural connection and strengthen that one to the point that the other one is just no longer relevant. So if you're trying to sit sit up straight all the time, you have to practice it so much until sitting hunched over is no longer your go-to position. It's no longer relevant to you. The way to unlearn something or to change your belief is to practice poking holes at it. So confirmation bias is, this is really interesting. So confirmation bias is the practice our brain goes through of finding evidence to confirm what we're thinking. And the other side of a confirmation bias is that our brain literally excludes evidence that threatens our beliefs. It will literally not let us understand or see it. So I, I have this friend that moved to San Francisco a while ago. Um, and I knew that she would move back to Southern California. She did not like cold weather. She didn't like rain. She didn't like walking places. And that's like what San Francisco is all about, right? Like walking places, it's cold, it's rainy. And she was in such denial of like the situation that she was in and that she was like, no, this place is great. And I remember like one day we were, we were leaving her apartment. I went up there to visit her with my husband and we were leaving her apartment. She was so cold her like hands were blue. And I was like, why don't you put on gloves? And she's like, nobody here wears gloves. It's just cold here. It's fine. I'm not cold. And I'm like, your hands are literally purple. Like I believe that you have no sensation in your hands right now. It is so cold. And she was like in such denial of it, but like her confirmation bias wouldn't because she wanted so badly to believe that she would made this big move in her life and that this was going to be like her new path and whatever she was, she was going to find the person that she wanted to marry and all of this. And it was all going to happen in San Francisco. She wanted to believe that so bad that her brain wouldn't let her see the fact that like she actually wasn't enjoying her life in San Francisco as it was. Um, I, I kind of feel like for this situation, you had to be there to witness like all the things that happened over the weekend when we visited her that I was like, wait, did you just not see that? Or did you just like not witness what's happening here? And she literally, her confirmation bias was like her brain wouldn't allow her to see what was actually going on. So the first thing to do is to start seeing on purpose evidence for your new belief, right? So for example, if you're thinking I'm a failure, then your brain has this all or nothing thinking like I'm a failure a hundred percent of the time. 
And that's what your brain is constantly finding evidence for. Or like something I work with my um, clients on sometimes is their confidence. Like they're like, well, I'm not confident like most of the time. And so we start poking holes in it. So what you do is start questioning that belief and thinking it's possible that I'm not a failure 100% of the time. What evidence is there to support that thought? I always want you to keep in mind that it's a little scary for your brain. Your brain wants to keep you safe. That's your brain's job. Okay, so your brain will always go into an area of familiarity, even if the net result of that thought or action or whatever it is, is negative. So for example, this is a really extreme example, but if you're addicted to drugs, your brain will always want to continue to take the drugs every single day, even though it leads to net negative result. Or like we could use gambling or whatever it is you want to insert here. If you actually want to change that habit, and change what you're doing, your brain will say that this is dangerous. It won't feel right. It's like if you decide on one day to not take the drugs, your brain will tell you this is a bad idea. And that's why coaching is so important because through coaching, you uncover what you believe to be true and you learn how to unlearn those beliefs. You learn how to start making decisions differently. You start to see what is possible for you and then you're able to make decisions from there. You understand that you know, sometimes your your brain is going to tell you that things are a bad idea when you're trying to change the way that you make decisions. And that's why coaching is so helpful. That's why my clients are able to get such amazing results is because I teach them how to sit with the discomfort and learn how to be uncomfortable for a little bit of time so that they can get to the next level so they can untrain whatever beliefs they have, unlearn that belief so they can literally make new neural connections in their brain of how they make decisions so that they can get different results. So there you have it. This is just a little bit about why your thoughts and your beliefs are so important. If you want to learn what's possible for you, or if you have a desire really deep in your heart, a goal you really want to achieve, if you want to work less hours, make more money, whatever it is, have less stress in your business, feel less overwhelmed, join me on a free consult for my coaching program. I'll help you see your pattern of thinking and we will uncover what you're currently believing that has created the results that you currently have. And then I will walk you through and teach you how you can actually create the results that you want. Go to dryazin.com slash schedule to sign up. And I will also link that in the show notes for you. I'll see you on that consult. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to The Social Dentist with Dr. Desiree Yazdan. Download your free Instagram guide for healthcare professionals at www.dryazdan.com forward slash Instagram guide. If you'd like to reach out to Dr. Yazdan, you can do so on Instagram at Dr. Yazdan. That's D-R-Y-A-Z-D-A-N. Till next time.